Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us today as we're discussing everything in the world of Duke athletics. We appreciate you making this show your first listen when it comes to the Duke Blue Devils. Yesterday was the start of college basketball season. How crazy is that? Six weeks away from tip-off of this upcoming season, the final year that Mike Krzyzewski will serve as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. So I thought, you know what, we need to bring on Brendan Marks of The Athletic. He was in Durham yesterday. He was at Coach K's press conference. He's got thoughts on this upcoming season, and I can't wait to chat with him on today's show. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore so that you can stay up to date with everything going on in the life of this program. Be sure to follow and subscribe. Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. I would appreciate if you did that. One quick break, and when we come back, Brendan Marks joins the show on Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action that you need here in 2021. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Also use promo code Locked On From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson here with a good friend of our program at this point. Brendan Marks from The Athletic is kind enough to join us here on the show. Yesterday marked uh, kind of the tip-off of this NCAA college basketball season. Six weeks away from the start of the season. Brendan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we are getting close to basketball, right? Did it all sink in for you a little bit, getting to hear from Coach K yesterday? Yeah, definitely. You know, when, when uh, I know these first official practices aren't any different, really, other than the length of them from, from anything that was happening previously for the last couple of weeks. But getting to hear from the guys again, getting to hear from players, getting to say hello to coaches, um, that, that's the sort of thing that you miss. That's the sort of thing to me when you finally get to start shaking these hands again and seeing everybody. That's when it all sort of sinks in. So uh, yesterday was definitely a good taste of it. It's only going to get more busy from here. It was always uh, it's fun to be able to go back and kind of watch what happened uh, at the press conference. And, of course, hearing you ask great questions throughout, uh, as you've been known to do. What were some of your bigger takeaways from anything you learned yesterday, Brendan? Yeah, I, you know, I think probably the, the biggest thing to me and the biggest thing that I maybe am not curious about because I know it's going to be there, but the biggest thing that I'm unsure about is obviously there's going to be this massive spotlight on this team all year. Um, there's obviously always a spotlight on Duke, but this year it's going to be especially magnified because of the circumstances surrounding Coach K. So my, my biggest thing is 
how is the team going to handle that? There, there's no way that if you are, you know, a 17, 18, 19, however old you are, a guy on this team, there's no way you're not aware of all of that. So I really wanted to hear how Coach K is trying to handle that. And I think he's done an interesting job of, of really sort of admitting that externally there's no way he's going to be able to control the hype and the buzz and all the articles and all the TV shows, but internally he can't. And so one way that he's going about doing that is, is he's telling guys not to use the word last, um, which may seem really simplistic, but uh, trying to get guys to not think in those terms and to think more in the terms of, okay, this is just any other old season. you know. And he keeps saying, you know, this is not my last season. This is my 42nd season at Duke, my 47th season overall. So I think it's a really smart way for him to try and handle something that obviously is going to be uh, a distraction. It's going to be a, a running thread throughout, really, as long as this season goes on for Duke. Um, and, and so I was really interested just to hear some more of the specifics of how he's trying to keep things under control, especially before the circus really starts next month. No, it is going to get crazy. And here I was, I woke up this morning, and obviously uh, Duke basketball released practice footage a little bit of a, a kind of a mic'd up of the first practice with Coach K. And I couldn't help but think from maybe the fans' perspective, and I really do think the players might struggle with this as well, but kind of like you're saying there, when I'm watching this, Brendan, the only thing I'm thinking about is I'm like, man, last first day of practice for Coach K. You know, like that's just a natural thing that you do when you go to school in your senior year, last first day of you know, like of school that you kind of go through. So I think that's going to be a struggle, but I understand sort of the importance, I guess, to stay focused. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and, and every single thing that this team does is able to be framed through that lens. You know, the last first practice, uh, you know, the last first uh, trip, the last first home game, the last first non-conference game, the last you know trip to whatever respective ACC arena. I mean, this whole year is going to be filled with those. And, and Coach's message yesterday was really, if you ruminate on those, then you lose track of your eventual goal. You start rationalizing the fact that because of your circumstances, it's okay maybe if you don't perform to your optimum level because there is this sentimentality attached. And I think for him, he is so focused on trying to win and so realizes how much talent he has on this team that he's really doing everything he can, I think, to strip away the sentimentality. There will be time for that whenever he's done. You know, he can look back on all the pictures and memories, but – I think he knows that the best thing that he can do for himself and the way that he can take the most pride when he eventually does look back is by going full gung-ho right now and, and really trying to capture a sixth national title this year. Brendan Marks joining us on the show, at Brendan R. Marks on Twitter, writing for The Athletic. I think you should absolutely spend your money on an athletic subscription so you can read his work about our Duke Blue Devils. Uh, this morning you've got a story out on, on Wednesday here, Brendan, about uh, the importance of defense for this Duke team. Kind of give me a preview of this. Yeah, so, you know, I think a lot of people have looked at this roster and, and get really excited about some of the offensive options, and understandably so. You know, you look and you see, um, okay, Paolo Bencaro is obviously going to be a terrific, terrific player. A.J. Griffin, I think, is, is another guy who, um, were he not playing on a team with Paolo, would probably be getting his own hype as a potential number one pick. I mean, he's, he's really that good, in my opinion. Uh, you know, some of these returners, Mark Williams, Jeremy Roach, Wendell Moore, Joey Baker. I mean, up and down the roster, you see all the offensive options. But to me, I really think that the difference between this being another good Duke team and a potential national title winner is on the defensive end of the floor. And I think that the rest of the guys are already buying into that. You know, Mark Williams said yesterday, our average wingspan is about six foot eight. And when you consider Mark Williams in, in Duke's last 13 games last year, 
nine times he had multiple blocks. And that includes the, the first game he saw really serious minutes against NC State when he had five blocks. Um, even still, over the whole course of the season, he averaged about a block and a half in only 15 minutes. And you can assume that he's going to play much more than that this year. And, and sure. so those numbers should increase as well. Uh, you know, Theo John comes over and uh, had some injuries last year, but the two prior years, he was a top 40 national block rate guy. You know, Leaves Marquette is the number two all-time uh, leader in, in blocks in school history. So you start in the interior with those two. Then you add Paolo and, and whatever he's going to be able to contribute. That is, you know, arguably one of the best defensive front courts in the country, if not <laughs> the best. Um, and then you sort of extend it out from there, and you look at a guy like Wendell Moore, who does have the length that he has, um, Trevor Keels with his size, um, not just his wingspan and his length, but also just his strength, uh, his bulkiness. I mean, he's a guy who uh, can really knock guards off their spots. Um, Joey Baker's obviously a long guy. A.J. Griffin has almost a seven-foot wingspan. So these are guys who are athletes. These are guys who I think are already buying in on the defensive end of the floor. And I think, to me, you go and you look at the stats. Duke last year had its worst adjusted defensive efficiency since 2016. Uh, it was the first time since 2016, really, that they had been outside of the top 20 in defense. I think this is the year that Duke gets back to that point. And if they do, and they really buy in on that end of the floor, I think that's what separates this team and takes them from really good ACC contender to potential national title contender. Which ultimately is the biggest goal, sights on six, for the Duke men's basketball team. And what would be a lot of their, it would be their first national championship at the sixth for the program and for Coach K himself as he rides off into the sunset. Brendan Marks of The Athletic is joining us here. In recent weeks, you've had some mailbags up on The Athletic. Again, I would love for people to go check him out. I, I can't get enough of, of his work there at The Athletic. What about this recruiting run that John Shire appears to be on? Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, you know, John Shire next year when he takes over, if that's, you know, April or May or whenever it officially becomes his job, uh, he's probably going to be the youngest head coach in, in all of college basketball, assuming there's not some crazy hire. And he's probably going to come into that position with, you know, it looks like the, the number one or the number two recruiting class in the country, which, uh, you know, I don't need to tell you, that's insane. That's absurd. <laughs> Any coach in the country would love to have that. And, uh, you know, he's going to be 34 and have that. So, it's, it's a crazy, crazy run that Duke has been on with John Shire. And really, this was the reason why I think Duke wanted to do the transition that it did in the summer the way that it did. They were hoping for this sort of success. But you can't actually know that you've made the right decision until after the fact. And so, you know, you step back three months and you look at the talent Duke's brought in in the future. And uh, next year, obviously, they have three five-star guys committed, three guys in the top eight. And, Eric Live of the second and Derek Whitehead and Kyle Filipowski, uh, potentially going to add Mark Mitchell, another five star guy, JJ Starling, already have Jaden Shutt in the mix as well. That's six guys who are going to be in the rotation next year if they all end up if they all end up coming and playing for uh, Coach Shire. So that's an insane amount of talent for him to be able to bring in. And the fact that he's done that without ever having coached the game, I just really think speaks to how valuable he is as a relationship builder, as someone who understands the game. And uh, obviously he's going to have to coach these guys. We don't know how he's going to be as a coach. We've only seen him do that for one game last year uh, when he had to fill in for Coach K. But just the level of talent that he's brought in makes it so there's a certain floor, I think. And obviously the ceiling is going to be so high. So um, the plan that Duke laid out, this was the goal. And so far at least, we have had that goal achieved as much as it possibly can. In college athletics, you hear coaches sort of talk about a vision for a program that they have and that sort of thing, and that could be cliche from time to time. But you look at what John Shire has already done with the commits he's got 
help Brandon to think about the fact he's already got a 2023 commit in Caleb Foster as well, the first guy in that class to, to sign, or not to sign yet, but to, to commit to a program. He really is trying to put together his vision of this program and continue that elite recruiting like standard that Duke has been on over the past decade. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think, again, when, when, the, when the transition was announced the way that it was this summer, this was the hope. This was the hope that rather than having some of the ambiguity and the murkiness that Duke had previously, you know, because as, as recently as I would say this spring, you know, as recently as, as even April, you had players that Coach K was recruiting, that, that John Shire was recruiting, and they're saying, who am I playing for? You know, yeah. well, what is the situation going to be that I'm coming into? Even guys this year, you know, you talk about Paolo Bancaro and A.J. Griffin and Trevor Keels, all guys who might potentially be one and done. They're asking before they even enroll at school, hey, if I, if I need to come back for a second year, who am I playing for? You know, am I only getting one year of you? Am I getting two years of you? They didn't know. And so I think that that was hindering the program both in the present and in the future tense. So uh, for John being able to say, look, I'm here, and for him being able to be that stability, for him to have this year-long apprenticeship under Coach K, um, I think all of the guys – understand how valuable that's going to be they also understand coach k is still going to be around um but no you can't say enough about the job he's done so far and uh, especially compared to you know some of the other new coaches that we've seen coming in and some of the other transitions yeah uh, it, it just makes his accomplishments that more impressive a lot of talk about coach k and john shire as well what about the other two guys on the staff brendan when you talk about someone like nolan smith and chris carowell not only this upcoming basketball season but sort of uh, looking ahead for, for duke basketball in the years to come yeah, I, I really like uh, the staff that, that Coach K obviously has right now, but also the, the staff that John Shire is going to have to start with. And obviously he's going to have to hire his replacement, um, whether that ends, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's going to have to hire a replacement for himself. Uh, that's, you know, maybe that's Emil Jefferson. Maybe it's, I, I would still think that it would probably be someone who's a little more tenured. Um, if Wojo is still out of coaching, maybe Chris Collins or Jeff Cable, depending on how their seasons go, if they become available. Um, so, I, you know, he's going to have to eventually hire someone else. But the two guys he has in Nolan and Chris are terrific. And Nolan especially has been with the program for a few years now, finally gets elevated to a full-time assistant role. And what he's been able to do on the court with the guys that he previously wasn't able to do, I think is really going to pay some dividends. You know, especially when you look at two guys in Jeremy Roach and Wendell Moore, um, Nolan said yesterday, you know, he's been working specifically with those guys, trying to help them work through the progressions that he did when he was a player at Duke. Obviously, he made the jump that he did from sophomore to junior season. Um, I think that's what he's trying to have Wendell and Jeremy replicate right now. And obviously, having been there, he knows what it takes to do that. So uh, Nolan's incredibly valuable in that sense. He's a great recruiter as well. And Chris Carwell I, I probably doesn't get the respect that he deserves, but he is one of the sneaky best recruiters in the country. Um, you know, Duke fans can thank him specifically for having Theo John on the team this year. Carowell recruited Theo John when he was an assistant at Marquette. Right. Uh, stayed in touch with him over a number of years. And Theo told me yesterday, you know, I was talking with Coach Carowell even before I decided to go in the portal. Theo was originally going to go and try and play professionally. And when they had the staff turnover that they had at Marquette, uh, and he eventually decided to sort of consider all of his options, you know, Chris Carroll was there again. And he said, you know, we, we used to talk every single week anyway. So um, the relationship was already there and it was so natural. So he's also a guy that, that recruits love because he's so honest. He's so genuine. Um, he really relates to kids. And, and you know, I, I think that when you have guys like a uh, Shire and a Nolan Smith who 
Um, you know, I would say are probably a little more polished. The fact that Carowell is not and that he's just really himself and genuine goes a long way. So those three are going to be around, I think, for a long time. I am interested to see, though, who Shire ultimately hires to, to sort of take his own vacancy. Yeah, that's one of our, our long-term questions that we love to ask. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a prop in Vegas right now, but maybe it needs to be to, to sort of figure out who's going to be that <laughs> next uh, assistant coach. And the idea of, yeah, you're right, hiring my replacement. Okay, I was the assistant coach. Now I need someone right. to come do what I was doing uh, so that I could be the head coach. That's wild. So, uh, Brendan, we mention this all the time when you're on the show. Not only do you uh, cover Duke, but you're also a UNC reporter there for the Athletic. And with that comes, uh, you know, kind of a stake in, in the ACC, the most storied basketball conference in the country as we've got a a countdown now until the start of the season until the late night events that both of these teams are going to be I'm curious for you Brendan are you kind of getting a picture in your head of of kind of preseason rankings and expectations for these programs or can anything over these next six weeks shift how you feel about programs across the country and more in particular the ACC yeah, I, I think you're definitely starting to have some of those initial projections finalized. Like for me, you know, I, I can tell you right now that Boston College is not going to have a very good year. Uh, I could. Tell you feel you pretty that, good you know, about that one. I, I feel confident <laughs> in that one. You know, everything they lost, this is going to be a tough year for Clemson. Um, and then obviously there are teams that sort of the, the biggest range of outcomes for the teams in the middle. I, I think those right. are the ones that you wait and see. You know, what could happen with. And NC State, what can happen with a Louisville, what can happen with a Syracuse. Um, but to me, you look at the top of the conference, and I really do think that, by and large, this is going to be, and we say this every year, this is going to be like a classic ACC season where I think it's going to be Duke and North Carolina battling to see who wins the league. Um, I just think that both of those teams on paper have so much more talent than the rest of their uh, you know, league brethren. E- even Virginia Tech, who I like a lot, this is a team that, again, under Mike Young, they do a lot of stuff offensively that's creative, but, but just lost a couple of really, really good players. Tyrese Radford leaves uh, very late on in the portal, and, and he was such a big contributor for them last year, especially given their lack of size. He was such a key rebounding presence. Um, Virginia, obviously, I don't need to tell you about all the offensive guys they lost. Yeah. I think they're defensively better, but I don't know if they can hang offensively in the ways that they may were able to last year. So, you know, I Duke, to me, is probably the front-runner right now, and I say that not just because I'm on this, this show <laughs> in particular. Uh, I genuinely do believe that, that Duke probably has the most talent. I think that North Carolina, though, is going to pose some problems. I think that um, the Tar Heels, especially with their transfers they've brought in, absolutely have a chance to win the league. But um, the fact that I do think it's going to come down to those two excites me, and especially after the past few years for both of those teams, um, I'm excited to, to hopefully having some high stakes when we get down to those late regular season games and potentially even the last game of the season. Brendan, you just went the whole time without bringing up the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech, who uh, obviously won (laughs) that that 2021 ACC tournament. That's going to be something that 20 years from now, someone's going to ask you who won the 2021 tournament. And I think everyone collectively is going to be like, oh, yeah, I guess Georgia Tech did win and and kind of forget that that (laughs) happened. Hey, listen, when you lose Jose Alvarado and Moses Wright, uh, that's a lot of production Josh Fastner has to replace. So last year was sort of their year, and you know I'm glad they were able to take home some hardware for it. But uh, now you've got some rebuilding to do in Atlanta. So, hey, hey good luck, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. So tell me, Brendan, what's up uh, with the, you at The Athletic right now? Like what's on the docket? What's coming up next that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we get – continue to get closer to the season you know ACC tip-off is here in the next week or two so um, we'll have some stuff coming out across the league we'll try and take a look and see where everybody stacks up in, in a little bit more detail than we just did um, also trying to get some anonymous insight from players in the ACC 
You know, we love doing those sorts of stories because players can be more honest when their names yeah. aren't attached to something. So, um, hopefully have some bigger league wide things coming, some preseason features as we get into, you know, early November, right before the season opener. Um, just had a, a big feature interview for a Duke player that I'm very excited about. And, uh, we'll have that story in early November. So it's, it's, you know, this is busy season. This is when things really start kicking into gear. And, uh, with all the stakes this season, I couldn't be more excited for it. You've mentioned your history kind of in the state and around basketball and that sort of thing. Before I let you go, also, uh, J.J. Redick has retired from the game since we uh, since we last spoke. Kind of your memories of him playing in the ACC and then uh, ultimately just your thoughts on him stepping away from the game. Yeah, I you know, I, I, I don't think that anyone expected him to have the professional career he did after the way <laughs> his professional career started. started yeah. Um, and it's just a testament to his work and it's a testament to his skill. I mean, I think, you know, you look at what he was able to do and um, how much of an impact player he became at the next level and uh, especially what he was able to do with, you know, teams like the, the Clippers and the Sixers. And um, it, it's just incredible to see a guy who, who was able to do that while at the same time, you know, expanding his brand. And, um, you know, I think his podcast was terrific. Yeah. As far as my memories of him in the ACC, um, I feel like for, you know, basically four years straight there, every year when you got to March, and, you know, I was a kid at the time, but you're uh, watching the ACC tournament, it's it's J.J. Redick just dragging Duke from <laughs> round to round. Uh, I mean, he was just an absolute machine and a unit. And um, I, I went and looked this stat up because he, uh, when he retired, we did a little piece on it. In, I think, 138 or 39 career games at Duke, J.J. Redick scored in double figures, those in like 122 of them. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, you were getting three or four games a season where he wasn't hitting double figures. So it it just speaks to his consistency. Um, You know, for my money, he's probably the best player in Duke history to never have won a a ring. Right. Um, You know, it's either him or Sheldon Williams. You know, those were sort of two guys. The other thing I think that he probably doesn't get enough credit for is anchoring the gap between those late 90s, early 2000s Duke teams and the uh, Singler, Smith, Shire years. You know that that I think was really just a great point. That was an era I think where I think that was an era where there was some uncertainty in, in the Duke program yeah. about um, you know the longevity of about about if Coach K was going to continue. Obviously, that was when he started receiving offers to potentially go and coach somewhere else. And I think that Shire or, or not Shire, excuse me, JJ Redick was really a key factor in keeping Duke relevant and, and really maintaining uh, what Duke's basketball was able to become and still is. So. Um, a very underrated player, I think, someone who still probably doesn't get his due in the ACC, and um, hell, hell of a professional career, so so nothing but kudos and props to J.J. It's Brendan Marks from The Athletic. He's joining us on the program here, as he does periodically from time to time, and it'll be more uh, as uh, we get back closer to basketball season, which I'm excited about and always grateful that he, he takes the opportunity to chat with us here on Locked On Blue Devils. Brendan, also, uh, before we get out of here, I, I bring up this often because uh, this state is all about supporting one another, so uh, we've got the Carolina Panthers that are 3-0 and on the year, and I think Locked On Panthers is a phenomenal podcast that they've got going on, and we've got the Hornets getting started with, with Media Day there recently, but what I love about The Athletic, Brendan, is you pay once, and you get access to everything, and you talk about putting together a dream team. When you've got the likes of Joe Person, Rod Boone, and the staff that's there for the North Carolina team for, for The Athletic, I think you guys uh, have something special going on. So uh, the specifics of how you could be a part of The Athletic community, and uh, then your word on, on the North Carolina state that you guys have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have the, the teammates that we have, you know, 
uh, you go and you look and, you know, I think Joe Person, who covers the Panthers for us, you know, I, I used to work with Joe at the Charlotte Observer. I've seen firsthand, you know, just how incredible he is as a reporter. I mean, um, when, when Joe left for the Athletic and, and we were competitors, I was always afraid that he was going to do a great job. So uh, it's, it's great being back on the same page with him and, and not having to compete anymore. Um, but he's terrific. Sarah Sivian, I think, um, offers some of the best Hurricanes coverage around. And, right. and obviously myself and the rest of our college basketball and football team trying to cover things here so uh yeah I, I mean i'm biased obviously but i think that you know when you look at comprehensively what you get from the athletic you get all the stuff on a state uh, on a per state basis but you also get it on a per sport basis so if you're an nfl fan nba mlb nhl you know international soccer uh whatever you're a fan of uh, we have it covered so uh if you haven't checked this out please come check it out we got a bunch of promotions always going on um love having new subscribers and, and try to engage with them and make it worth their while Thanks for the time today, Brendan. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. We'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. That's Brendan Marks of The Athletic. He's joining us here on Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, celebrate the freedom of choice with all of their amazing flavors. Did you know that they had so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, then you're missing out. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. That's just to name a few. You know what my favorite flavor is? Well, it's definitely cookies and cream. It's so good. It's healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, and yet I've got so much energy after eating it. That is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Wow, that's awesome. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Order today and you got to try the new flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. It's a really good one. Or just order whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. Isn't that great? Getting ready for some Olympics, track and field events, and that sort of thing. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. for 15% off your next order. Remarkable stuff there from Brendan Marks of The Athletic. I'm smarter every time I talk to that guy about Duke basketball, and I really love reading his reporting about our Blue Devils. It's so in-depth. He lands such great interviews to be able to get the access to this program and really tell the story. So make sure you check out The Athletic. And, yeah, you get access to all of the North Carolina teams, every team, on that platform, which is what we've got set up here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I mentioned Julian Council and Locked On Panthers. We talk about uh, Locked On Hornets as the NBA season is right around the corner as well. All of the colleges in the state, we got you covered here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure and follow and subscribe our podcast for free wherever you get them. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.